0: How do you prepare your client for a successful hypnosis session? Welcome to the 8th episode of Hypnotalk's Question and Answers with Dr. John Butler and Axel Hombach. This time we are going to approach this question how do you prepare your client? How do you set up your interview questions? What do you do so that your client knows that he was in hypnosis? How do you manage his expectations? How the hypnosis session would be? This is something that a lot of colleagues have very different opinions on, and Dr. John Butler, with his almost 40 years of experience now is probably a very good source of information how to prepare your client so that the hypnosis session brings exactly what your client wants to have or needs to have. I'm sitting here online with Dr. John Buckler. I, that is Axel Hombach, the head of the hypnose Zentrum Köln, and Dr. John Butler, who's sitting in London right now, the director of the Hypnotherapy Training International, which is the leading school of hypnotherapy worldwide. So let us welcome John in London. Hello, John. Good morning. Good morning, Axel. Hello. So you've heard the question. We've already talked a little bit about that prior to this interview. From your experience, you have been a trainer of hypnotherapy, of hypnosis for many years. Now you are the director, the training director of one of the leading schools of hypnotherapy, of hypnosis. And this is something that, from your professional background, you're very familiar with. Uh, how you prepare your clients the patients, depending on which environment you work on. We talked a little bit about that. I know from your classes how seriously you take the preparation phase of the client and considering the many different ideas and approaches that are out there, from your point of view, can you give a few uh, rules of thumb or ideas, general ideas that hypnotists can do so that the client has a very successful or good experience with hypnosis session and that the hypnosis session develops in the right direction?
1: Yes, Axel. Well, when we first spoke about this, about Ten minutes ago, you were mentioning a case of a man who was not feeling he was in the trance and at the end of the session then, of course, he feels disappointed. to this preparation the first is to remove the misconceptions people have about trance which takes a bit of work in some cases and it takes the therapist to be knowledgeable to enable the client to give up those false beliefs and yet be very happy when they experience what they experience in the session and feel yes I did have an experience now you have to remove fears in some cases that fear of losing control is the most common one of those fears There's fears I'll reveal secrets when I'm in the trance. Something may come out. There's fears I might not even come out of the trance as well. So there are several forms of fear that are commonly associated with hypnosis. Some of these are getting less and less over the years as the public become more educated about hypnotherapy generally. However, it's important absolutely for the therapist to read the client well To understand what they already know about hypnosis and more importantly their misconceptions and the myths they hold about hypnosis. If the therapist deals with that properly and has given the very good information that the client needs about what a trance is actually like and stages of trance and that it's not about being asleep or unconscious and the most common misconceptions the therapist has done a very important piece of the work. If the therapist hasn't done this, they're quite likely to run into problems later. And so we teach that comprehensively in our classes. Now, of course, as you're setting out to work with that client, you must build the trust, the rapport, the confidence in you that you get to be an authority figure in their subconscious. That's based a lot on how you look and sound in their mind. You are building a therapeutic relation, which has many elements to it, I'm not gonna take the time to go into all of those at the moment. Again, this needs to be taught properly in training courses and often it isn't. Now, the skills of the therapist then are very important for the session itself. Their competence and confidence need to be there, not somebody who's just bluffing their way about their abilities and ignoring reality as to how well they're doing with clients. If your competence is low, You need to look further at your training and sometimes it's a matter of getting more experience there's different levels of talent of course in every field but poor training leads to many therapists working at just a little above placebo level really in other words the clients get better anyway for many problems then we have to take into account the placebo effect of going to a therapist and then in the poor quality therapist they're just adding a little bit more to that but that's overall a pretty low level of competence. So if we as therapists we know our stuff, we know our art, we'll know the induction and deepening skills, permitting and compounding skills, and we'll know that in the trance the most important elements to achieve it is first of all imagination, then
0: expectation, then the induction, which is the ritual and technique
1: that we're using there. We will be able to choose the best induction client but it's the minor part provided we have built up the imagination expectation in the appropriate manner. Now the therapist needs in their own mind to form the picture of the client being in a trance already. They have that expectation so you see the client going to trance responding. The therapist has to have the language skills and cultivate the voice, the voice skills There are non-verbal skills that are also important for hypnotherapists. The therapist must be confident at their own self-hypnosis so that that confidence then is conveyed to the client. They understand the trance and they're testing the client at each stage. In the preparation stage, they'll be testing with suggestibility tests. These are very important to bring to the client's awareness, the feeling of responding non-voluntarily before they go into the trance, because in the trance, often they don't get the chance. They're not in the position to test out whether something is happening non-voluntary, at least not to a very great extent. Whereas if you do hand levitation tests and arm heaviness tests and other tests with them, then it's very obvious to the client that something significant is happening. So now they know they can respond. Now, of course, in the trance, we will do things like hand drop as a test. Are they trusting you? Are they letting go enough? Are they allowing themselves to go into their subconscious level? We will do eye FC tests, which, again, familiar to people who know about the Elman method. We will do number counting tests for amnesia for numbers. We will do several tests in the trance. And so a competent therapist tests, tests, tests and is not afraid to test, and knows how to deal with the reactions of the client, their response to those tests. When that's done, the client is being helped and educated properly, and then there isn't this, or there's a much, much less likely problem emerging at the end. Well, I don't think I was hypnotized. I don't think this is working for me, and I don't think this is going to work for me. You reduce that problem immensely. And let me say, if the therapist doesn't work in this way, well, of course, some clients will improve anyway, as I said, but that doesn't mean the therapist knows what they're doing. The therapist trap is very evident from the beginning. If they are not taking the steps I'm mentioning, they'll get a client often saying it's not working. As we know, hypnosis and hypnotherapy require cooperation, consent, and the client taking responsibility. And let me give you an example of how that would sometimes be evident in therapy. Even if they come back after the first session and some won't come back if they haven't been tested and if they haven't got the feeling that something worthwhile has happened with them in hypnosis in that session. Even if they come back for a second session and there has been some effect of suggestions, they may well say, well, I felt good for a day or two. I felt I was improving a bit. Now I seem to have just slipped backwards. But I think I've figured out what's wrong. I don't think you got me deep enough. Now there's another stage of the problem, a trap for the therapist. Now the client is really saying, you're not doing your job right. You need to take the responsibility to get me to change. And the therapist may fall into that trap and say, Well, it's early days yet. With some more practice, you'll go deeper. We'll work on that today and in subsequent sessions. Some people don't go as deep as others. And the therapist goes on and on in this way and, of course, has fallen into a terrible trap, which will ultimately, virtually certainly, end with the therapist not getting progress with that client and the client being disappointed and then going around saying, Well, it didn't work for me, and hypnosis is not that great, really. Or being very annoyed, in some cases, I've spent three or 400 euros to get very little. So these are some of the points I would mention, Axel.
0: Okay. So what you mentioned at the end was that the client manages to hand over the responsibility for the result towards the hypnotist. And the hypnotist then takes the baits and takes on the responsibility and in this trap there will be almost no chance at least in this constellation for a positive change afterwards is that correct
1: absolutely the client will avoid the responsibility that they need to take as their part of this cooperative process that's called therapy they need to be taking control and learning how to work with you in the sessions. And when you teach them self-hypnosis and other tools that they can use as part of their growth, of course you can put, help them achieve a much more powerful role then in the therapy as they go along and become very independent of you so they're not years in psychotherapy. However, if you fall into the trap at that early stage where they're telling you you didn't get them deep enough, they're not really going into the trance properly. If you have not understood what they're really doing in that situation, handing the responsibility over to you, they are sabotaging the therapy for themselves and for you.
0: Because we are already approaching the end of our question and answers episode 8. To summarize what you've said is that you build up the relationship between the client and yourself, and an important part of that is establishing yourself as an authority figure so that the client knows, okay, the hypnotist knows what he is doing and he won't let me uh, slip away and he has a certain grip that he won't let go. Then after that, uh, do the expectation management, which includes his suggestibility tests and saying that, I'm often surprised how few people really seem to do those su- suggestibility tests. And after the suggestibility test, then um, do the first hypnosis session, first hypnosis so that the client knows what hypnosis is like, how it feels like, what it is to be in there. As you mentioned in the expectation management, also address false beliefs about what hypnosis is like and then let the client experience what hypnosis is like so that the follow-up sessions then you can use to build on that foundation that you build there so that they really can achieve their the change they want to achieve. As a quick summing up, would that be what you would suggest how to approach that?
1: Yes, I think that is a good summary. I'll even, for the people who don't know, who are starting out in the work and depending on how they've been trained, I'll even Summarize a few just in uh, four or five main points i'd say, build the trust, rapport, the therapeutic relationship fully, educate thoroughly, removing misconceptions and fears and educating them with good information, test them with suggestibility tests, use your skills, develop your skills to the highest levels for getting people into trance and developing the trance thoroughly with them and testing them in trance as well, and always making sure. They're taking their share of the responsibility. That way, you'll be working at a high level. And of course, there's a lot of detail behind what I've just said there that I'm not going into, but that's a a good summary. So absolutely, these Um, are critical points.
0: And because you mentioned testing your client during the trans, a very good induction, even not only for beginners, but even for the advanced students, is always the Elman induction, right?
1: The Elman induction, properly understood, properly done, carried out, demonstrated, and that requires the person to have trained properly in
0: that method as well. Yeah, and I remember also from your demonstrations in your workshops and your classes and also in the videos of Gil Boyen, that he combines his fantastic rapid inductions also adds elements of element induction to it.
1: Yes, of course. Gil was really the, the real developer of the instant induction. And the Elman, which is an accelerated relaxation-based induction with plenty of testing, is the rapid form. And the two are combined thoroughly together. And when you understand and use hypnosis properly... As Elman did, you can help people with surgery, you can get them into profound effects, uh, that hypnotherapeutic effects, both uh, at the physical, physiological level and for emotional change. But again, the training and understanding of the therapist and their ability then to teach that, to convey that to students so that they can go on and do it, that's critical. And it's often missing from the trainings that I've seen a lot of people claiming to teach German, and yet the results are far less than they should be with the students.
0: Okay, John, thank you very much. The end of our time has approached, unfortunately. And before we come to an end, are there some last points that you would like to mention to our listeners before we say goodbye for today?
1: Well, I would encourage people who are listening if there are learning at the moment that they practice vigorously consistently for anybody who wants to learn hypnosis for their own use or to work with other people it's a marvelous system uh, way of working with the human mind and I would recommend they take it very seriously and practice and study at a deep level and they'll be able to do marvelous things for themselves and for other people with it
0: with that said thank you very much John and have a great day Have a good weekend. Help your clients as you usually do in a brilliant manner. And talk to you again very soon with the next episode 9.
1: Thank you, Axel. And have a great weekend too. I look forward to speaking to you again.
0: Goodbye for now.
1: Bye for now.